0: All right, guys, well, let's uh, let's start the official call. Welcome to the Leverage podcast. I don't know what episode this is, but we're talking about, (laughs) we're talking about, uh, let's call it zero drama dating, Um, open relationships, uh, kind of having that lifestyle that I think every man should have as a single guy before he gets himself into a committed monogamous relationship if that's what he ultimately wants um so in terms of the mindset it's really really important that every guy has that experience of dating multiple women um you know having casual sex with more than one girl at a time um just from the standpoint because women do this all the time like show me a hot girl and i promise She won't necessarily admit that she's fucking multiple guys, but she'll say, oh, I'm seeing a few guys. And we all know what that means. (laughs) Right, Max? Yeah. So, like...
1: Because there's not, like, a pride... There's a pride factor in when guys say, like, I'm fucking multiple chicks. Girls look... It's actually, like, the opposite with chicks, where they... Having sex is a negative unless you're in a relationship. So if you're, oh, I'm, I'm seeing a guy, a guy or I'm seeing two guys means, like, I'm entertaining the romantic option in, like, female language. Right.
0: <laughs> and women do this because they're smart and because they can't. Right? Why would she lock herself down in a relationship with a guy that she doesn't know well enough to decide if he's a good fit for her? And it's true. You're not going to know if a girl that you're fucking is a good partner for you to be in a monogamous relationship until at least three to six months in. A lot of the time it's longer. And the reason being is when you first meet someone and you're first dating and fucking, you know, you're, you're basically interacting with that person's representative. Very rarely are you going to get many fights. Um, you're not going to see like them at their worst. And if, you you put a ring on it after two months you go to vegas and lock it down before you've even had a fight she might turn out to be completely crazy her family might be completely crazy um you might find out that she's three hundred thousand bucks in debt and now that's your burden like there's a lot of things that can really sabotage relationships that you're not going to find out so you know i know the guys on this call i'm kind of obviously preaching to the choir. Everyone knows that who's part of the leverage program. Um, But, you know, for other guys who are listening, when you first start improving your skills in this area, you're going to meet girls that are hotter than you're typically used to getting. And you're going to be very tempted to lock yourself down really quickly in a relationship because you don't know how to navigate those conversations to keep the relationship open or to just see her on a, you know, a less frequent schedule where you don't have to have that conversation. So we're going to talk about those conversations today. We're going to talk about, you know, different sort of relationships you can enter into. Um, I'll talk a little bit about my crazy relationship, maybe even two. We'll see. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe not. But uh, Patrick, I know you're on the call and we recently spoke about this. Patrick is a perfect example of a guy who... um you know, he started working with us, I don't know what was it was, about a year and a half ago, maybe. And, yep. um, you know, he's really come a long way in terms of, you know, being a more attractive guy, being more dynamic, improving his conversation skills, improving his confidence, his body language, his fashion. Um, you know, last summer, we took him out to the Hamptons. And round one of the Hamptons, he had a, a pretty eye-opening experience, made a lot of mistakes. Um, got bitched out by
1: Jesse, got
0: bitched out by by Jesse and some of the other broad. Um, and as time has gone on, he's, he's making way less mistakes. He's getting dates with way hotter chicks, um, building a, you know, a little squad of girls to date in New York. Um, and recently, you know, he's been getting some pushback from one of the girls he's been seeing casually. And, um, he told me that she is, really kind of pressuring him into a monogamous sort of relationship. Um, Ew. So, (laughs) God forbid. (laughs) So, Patrick, um, before we start talking about that, um, if if there's anything else you want to, you know, reiterate about where you've come thus far, you know, in your journey, why don't you give us that rundown?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I came from – I met you guys in – one of your apartments in New York city for the first time, walked into the apartment and was wearing new balance sneakers with a carabiner on my belt. Um, (laughs) and, uh, had, uh, I guess Genevieve was there and met her and she was like, no girl's ever going to fuck you if you wear this. (laughs) Um, got bitched out by Jesse that night and, uh, joined the group and I've been part of it since. um, Probably the turning point was when we went to the Hamptons last summer. Um That's I mean like, to give some context
0: for, for guys who don't know, like how many dates were you getting before you joined? How often would you hook up with a girl and then take us to like what that, that looks like now?
2: Um before I joined the program I was probably going on a date a month, maybe. Um And of those dates, I probably hooked up with one every three months, I would say. Um, So it wasn't a good uh, ratio. Um, And then once you guys started pushing me to improve my fashion and do more day game and uh, go out, uh, I met a couple guys in the group who really helped me kind of uh, become my wingman and uh, basically... Now I can get, I was get at one point in time before I started getting a little bit too wifed up, um, I was getting like three to four dates per week and 20 phone numbers a week, if not more. Not bad. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> so yeah, we went to Tampa, I went to Tampa with you um, back in October, November of last year and... In one weekend or one night, I got like 25 numbers, so. (laughs) I forgot about that night. That was retarded. Yeah. Um, Not to say that all those went anywhere, but still, like, I couldn't have 25. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe that's exaggerating, but definitely 20 in one night. And um, I just didn't have the skills to do that uh, before I joined the program because I didn't know what to say to girls. I didn't know, like. That one night that I got 20 numbers, um, I basically made out with I think two or three girls that night. Um, Almost took one home, but we had a little bit of a snafu with her roommate or something like that. So, yeah, the pizza parlor, bitch. Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) So, so tell us more about how you know. It sounded like you had you know a few girls that you were dating casually, um, and then. What what happens to most guys is they they kind of get complacent and they start spending time with the one that they like having sex with the most, um, and then that kind of turns into a, what was a zero drama sort of dating situation now becomes a little bit more dramatic. So d- tell us what happened.
2: Yeah, so I guess end of last year, um, I met well I met this girl in uh, September of last year. And I was dating a couple other girls at the time. And then the winter in New York is not fun um, and kind of kills your day game uh, mojo, I guess I would say. So uh, I started hanging out with this one girl. I, I really do like her a lot um, and hung out with her a lot over the winter, probably more than you guys are telling me to, which was probably two to three times a week. Um, yeah. And. So,
1: well, you know, it, and 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 so it's very evident why you became. It got to this point is because you went off the path and saw her too often. And believe yeah. me, I made this mistake. I made this mistake recently. You get kind of greedy, and you know you like you enjoy the company and it's easy sex. Um, but by going off that strategy, you're setting yourself up for this situation. Right, and uh, I made a mistake. I, made the, I make a mistake pretty much every time I'm single. It's possible <laughs> to not make the mistake, but,
0: um, but basically what happens is, you know, ideally you see a girl once every seven to 10 days if you live in the same city with her. If you live elsewhere, it, you know, the, the lines are blurred, but you live in the same city, you see her once every seven to 10 days, you do not see her more than that, except once every month and a half or every month, between a month and two months, you throw her for a curveball, and you see her twice in one week, because you don't want her thinking like, "Oh, he only sees me once every week. I'm like his his Tuesday night girl." Because then it becomes, you know, too obvious. Um, and you don't want to, you know, you <laughs> you don't want to become too obvious, because then it that that casual, no drama sort of feel will end a lot sooner. So once every seven to ten days, you know, three times a month, and then one time every one month, one to two months, you throw her for a curveball. Maybe you see her like back-to-back nights or maybe do like a weekend trip with her, right? You do something to to mix it up. Um, In terms of texting, communication, um, I try to keep that to no more than three kind of conversations a week, you know, where we're going back and forth. You certainly don't want to be texting every day. If you're seeing a girl more than once per week, if you're seeing her twice a week, you're in love. I don't mean you're actually in love. You may or may not be, but just for the sake of this conversation, assume that she thinks you are and she probably will be too. It it doesn't take long to fall in love. And once those feelings of love come, then also comes the drama and comes the heartbreak and comes expectations. So if you follow that formula, you're going to be able to casually date for a good three to six months until either you want more or she wants more. Um, if you want more and you you really know, like, all right, this girl's the one. I want to be, you know, monogamous. I've been hooking up with all these other girls and like no one compares to her. She's, you know, the apple of my eye, the best woman I could possibly ever find on this planet.
1: Then sure, go ahead, do what you got to do. But I don't think but, I, I don't think anyone in this group is at this at that point to have had exactly. that much experience that much, you know, access to beautiful women and utilizing the skills from this program to be there. Exactly. And that's the, my fear is, is you guys are putting yourself in positions to, to get locked up too easily. Yeah. Uh, it takes, it takes a long time to get to that point,
0: a really long, long time. Um, so what most guys do is they, you know, they do what Patrick does, Did he, um, he got a little complacent. Uh, so, Patrick, why don't you continue? Tell us what happened.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I guess over the winter, it's cold, and uh, it's easy to hang out with her. So, I did that all winter. So, basically, now it's starting in the drama. So, now she wants to be completely exclusive. She wants to be in a relationship, um, wants to see me several times per week, Um And I would be okay with that if I was done with this program and done dating, but I'm not done with that yet. So I'm not okay with it.
0: And if I were to say fast forward five years from now, you've got three kids with her.
2: How does that feel to you right now? Right now it's pretty scary. I don't think that would be right. You you know, you, you know, the answer to that then.
0: Um, so obviously you made the mistake of seeing her too often. It happens. Winter time in New York. That's what that's what people do. They they have their uh you know their their winter girlfriend. I saw a hilarious meme. I think it was on um fuck Jerry or the fat Jewish Instagram of a guy like basically kicking a girl into the water saying "Summertime bitch." Um I did see that. <laughs> that, that. Fucking amazing before. Like the floor screen kicked to the back. (laughs) I can post that uh, on the uh, description of this call. Um, So now you're in a situation where, you know, the drama has been increasing, right? So she's, she's starting fights. What what does that look like right now?
2: I mean, it's not so much fights, but yes, it's causing me drama. Like um, she'll, She'll be fine for a week, and then the next week should be like uh, I want to. I don't know why we're not seeing each other as much. Uh, I want to be in a relationship, stuff like that. Um, and it's just causing me more and more anxiety. Um, and I, I don't want to stop seeing her. That's the problem. But I don't know if it's a good, good idea to continue seeing her. Right.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about that, um, Maxwell. You. Um you had a good way of phrasing
2: that sort of conversation.
0: Um, you know, if, if you're in a situation like Patrick,
1: yeah, so you know, what do you say to that girl? My, my big thing is not let the girl think that you want to have sex with other women. Um, the truth is you should want to have sex with other women and you should be having sex with other women um, at this point in your life. But the goal with this conversation is to place it in a point where for your own mentality and your personal and career-focused growth, you cannot be held back by anyone at this point. And it has nothing to do with the amazing relationship you formed with this individual. But you know, the idea of being held accountable gives you too much anxiety or has too much pressure put on your lifestyle that you're not going to be the best person that you can be. Um, and positioning it in that manner, um, it, it, it becomes like really advantageous to a conversation about personal growth and not multiple sex partners. And if you make it about like her supporting your personal growth, now she's going to feel guilty for putting you in a fucking, you know, pigeonholing you and putting you in a, um, like a box that really, you know, doesn't need to be there. You're mature adults you should be able to like have a relationship and, you know, and, and be, see each other, you know, and not have all these strings attached, play that card as much as you can, but also pull the bait in and so say, if, if you're not okay with that, if that's not what, where this is for you, that's okay. But I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to walk away from this at this juncture. It doesn't mean that we're done, you know, forever, but for right now, like that's what I need in my life. And I, and I don't think it's fair to you if, if you can't, you know, be on the same page with it. And then hang up because you're going to give her the opportunity to think and then you're going and then she's either going to do one of two things. One, be like like super upset and not want to talk to you and th- but then come back or she's going to move on. But you have to accept that because where Patrick is right now, he hasn't got the best to where he should be. He has so many more women to meet. So many more experiences to have and if he wants to go to europe if he wants to you know experience parties all this stuff but he's held accountable to a girl that is going to limit his personal growth and it's going to limit his life experiences and at 35 with three kids he's going to be living with regret and he's more likely to cheat on his wife and he's more likely to not have the life that he wants to live yep yeah, when you guys make this mistake, it can be a very, very costly one
0: ending in half of your assets going bye-bye. Divorce <laughs> is costly. So So what are you going to do, Patrick? Uh,
2: I guess I'm going to have a conversation with her. And, um, I, well, I guess I should pull the ripcord, um, but I need to have a conversation with her and explain the player, the you're
0: not really pulling the ripcord. You're yeah, telling probably. her what you want. And if she's not on board, then she's not on board.
2: Yeah. So I'm gonna, could, I'm, I'm about, she knows about the group. So I'm going to tell her more about that. I'm not ready. I, I still need more personal growth. Okay.
1: And just as a, you know, for everyone else's purposes, not worth talking about the group to women. <laughs> it makes them go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see it in Robbie and I's life and I, I really do not wish that upon anyone else.
0: Yeah. Trust me. Like I have, so just to, to give you guys a frame of reference, um, there's a, there's an upside and a downside to being a dating coach and telling girls you're a dating coach. And I have to tell girls what I do because all it takes is one little search on Google and you're going to be really unpleasantly surprised of what you find if you're a chick who's gone on a couple of dates with me. Matthew Kramer, pickup artist, seduction, inner confidence, like, you know, whatever. There's nothing terrible on there, but if I tell her I'm in real estate, that's not going to go over so hot. So whenever I tell a girl right off the bat that you know I run a website where I help men improve their confidence and improve their lifestyle, kind of like the movie Hitch, um, it creates. A really great conversation because it's fascinating to women and we connect and I can mentor game her and basically blow her away with my social savviness and she gets really attracted and turned on. At the same time, she also gets very wary of the fact that I'm a player. And um, I was on a date in New York recently um, where that exact thing happened And it was a great conversation. I could tell she was super into me, but the entire time she was like, you're just looking for something. You're just looking for something. And this is a girl that was in her late twenties. Biological clock is ticking. Um, I didn't know that. I just met her at a bar and decided it'd be fun to take her for a drink a few days later. But you know, that's not a girl I'm really going to fuck with because obviously she's looking for something serious, um, a committed relationship. And that's, you know, obviously not what I was looking for with her. So I didn't really pursue that. Um, and if you want to have fun and stay casual and meet a lot of women and have, you know, crazy experiences, then it's, it's, you know, you want to kind of stay away from that, that zone between 27 and 31, 32, you know, call that the marriage zone. And women are really, really thinking about settling down because they have to, they're, uh, you know, their biological clock is ticking and they only have so much time when they can have kids. Meeting women over that, you know, 35 and over, they're usually down for whatever. Um, A lot of them have kind of decided like, okay, they either have kids and they're good or they've decided that, you know, kids aren't important to them. Um, And then girls under 26, um, you know, typically girls under 21 are too young and, and silly and <laughs> <laughs> for for most guys who are you know capable of, of meeting those girls, but that kind of range from like 22 to 26 is 22 to 25 is kind of like the sweet spot. Um, if you're dating a lot of girls in that age range, you're not going to get a lot of pushback. They're probably going to be okay with casual sex, casual dating. They're doing the same thing. They're having fun. They're going out, they're partying and you should be too. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, and uh see where was I going with that? Anything you wanted to add to anything about that? So that yeah, keep in mind the age range. And then the other thing you can do is if you're traveling, um and, and one thing that's that's great, if you really want to improve with women, um, have awesome, crazy, fun experiences, then do what we we basically tell all the guys in the group to do is become a minimalist. Um create a lifestyle that allows you to travel and you can, when you meet women and this is kind of getting back to what I was talking about when I told them I'm a dating coach, they know that I'm always traveling around. Like I'm never in the same city for very often. And because they know that they're never, they understand that our relationship is going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. And you know, I'm moving around so much. How could they be in a like exclusive monogamous relationship. And that's the life I live. Exactly. And almost every guy I know who's like an absolute beast who's not married has a very similar lifestyle. They're jet setters. They move around. Um, You know, if you look at actors, if you look at singers, you look at guys like athletes, like this is what they do, right? They're on the go. They're in demand. So if you want that sort of lifestyle, you need to model those sort of people. And women also know, uh, getting back to what I was saying, is like because I'm a dating coach, they they just kind of know that I'm probably going to be fucking around. Um, So it's both easier. It's really easy if I meet a girl who's kind of in that money zone, you know, early 20s, wants to party, wants to have fun, crazy experiences. But if I meet a girl who's, you know, kind of more in that marriage zone, it becomes a clash. So really important to keep that in mind because, you know, for uh, let, let's take a guy like Sherbon, for example, Sherbon, what are you like 36, 37? I'm an old man. I'm 39, 39. Right. But Sherbon, like you're certainly not done with your dating process. Um, you know, maybe if you found your Romanian smoke show and you wanted to, <laughs> you wanted to put a ring on it, like I, I see that. Yeah. You know, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for you. Um, but as of now, like, because you're 39, you're going to be, it, it'll be, it'll be, seem like a little easier to meet women between, like, 27 and 32, but if you want to keep it casual, those women are going to cause problems for you. But uh, anything you want to Makes mention sense. of managing multiple relationships? You've been doing it now for almost two years, and uh, you've gotten pretty good at it.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, I have... I've yet to master the whole traveling around being an international uh, playboy like you guys. But, uh, other than that, yeah, I just agree with what you said with regards to frequency of seeing them. And, um, yeah, just, just, just that rule alone will allow you not to have the talk for, yeah, five or six months. Right. Assuming, assuming, you know, you're, you're showing her a good time in, in that space, but Yeah, assuming, you know, everything's cool and you're keeping that frequency, that's pretty much really all you need to do.
0: Yeah, and actions speak louder than words, because women are always asking themselves, like, how close should I get to this guy? And if you're seeing them more than once a week, you're basically saying, you should fall in love with me and, and we should, you know, get really serious. If you're seeing them as we advise, then they won't know what to think. They'll just be like, oh, well, I'm having fun. I really enjoy his company. And... I don't know. Um, let's just keep having fun because this is awesome. And that will continue until, you know, they decide that they're, they're not having as much fun anymore and it'd be more fun to lock you down or it'd be more fun to find someone else and lock themselves down with them. Um, and I've tried many times in the past to like have the talk within like the first couple dates. I've even advised people to do that in the past, which, you know, when I look back on, I don't think that's, that's optimal advice. Um, cause even if you do say like, listen, I, I'm like moving around all the time, I'm traveling. Um, you know, I'm definitely not in a space where I want anything committed, but I really like you and I respect you if that's not what you want. Um, you know, it's a little presumptuous to have that conversation. Plus, even if you have it and you think, okay, well, I told her I don't want anything exclusive. Might as well see her twice a week. Then it doesn't matter that you had that conversation. She'll still, you know, start the drama up within a month or two if you're seeing her that often. So <laughs> there's no shortcuts on that. Um anything else you think we we should cover on whole zero drama dating sort of idea? I think that about nailed it.
1: Who's got uh who's got questions? Is anyone
4: outside of Patrick
1: dating exclusively who's on the
4: call? Well, I feel like I'm headed down that path this new girl tj anyway, i don't know how big before you went to college oh man that sounds like the worst decision ever particularly based on well, oh no life. no I, I mean i know that i'm not it's not gonna i'm gonna stop it before that happens at that point but is it your prom it, like, is it date no. no this is the other one that i in
1: the group about. or wh- how, why is it going in that direction
4: well, I, I mean, I think it's similar reasons to like what you' what Rob was saying before. It's like, well, I finally, you know, got something like this, and, and I not you know, I'm getting a little complacent with it. Um, and I, I mean, like, I feel like at this point, it's better just to have the experience, and then not to worry about worry about that. But once I go off to college, I'm obviously I'm going to shut it down. Um, but I think just over like the next month or two, what do you think? About like just being, Uh, I I mean, not
1: as much experience as you can. Um, That being said, you're, you're going from high school to college. So being with a girl who who brings you into a social circle that allows you to experience more could be an optimal opportunity that other people wouldn't see because you're going through like checkpoints in your life um, where like, you know, I could see like, you know, hooking up with a chick who has a cool group of friends. That means you're going to be involved. It invites more parties and experience more stuff the summer before college as being valuable, um, as well as like preparing you for the, for freshman, um, year rather than not, and just being like, you know, home and, and not with as much to do. So if that's kind of like what you're battling with, it may be, you know, in your best interest to give the girl the impression that you're exclusive, but high school is, fuck, is, is easy because it's like, as is what I did. In high school, I had chicks in different towns, and those town lines never blurred. Only private schools blurred. So, like, private schools would extend across certain towns. If you're in private school, you kind of couldn't – you couldn't necessarily navigate that water, but public schools, like, you know, it, even towns next to each other don't always cross, so you have an opportunity to right. see multiple chicks. Um, your number one priority right now should be having the best summer of your life before college. Okay. And if that is done by getting yourself into a social group with a girl, awesome. But if that girl is just going to keep you at home watching movies, then no.
4: Okay. That's what you're saying. Thanks.
2: How do you become okay with, like, I'm going to say, um, I really like this girl, obviously. That's why I'm still hanging out with her. How do I get over the fact that I should. I should still experience like I, it's hard to like give up what I have I guess is what I'm saying
1: of course it is because you have an emotional attachment now um, and you need to look at big picture and we've all been in this situation and some of us like the man sitting next to me has figured out ways to exist in both worlds um, as unconventional as that is or others like myself have literally ripped the, the band-aid off and you know or gone on tour or just left Uh, you know, hookups to die because I don't want to be attached. Um, You know, I walked away two years ago from a relationship where I was living with a girl and was like in love with that girl. And we made a mutual decision based on the trajectory of both of our careers to break up and, and keep the friendship alive. And then, um, you know, and just kind of, like, go from there. Two years later, she's my best friend. She's, like, a complete ad value in my life. You know, we. she's an actress and a model. I'm touring in the music industry. And that decision was well worth it. And though at the time it took a couple months for it to, like, to be okay with the idea that other guys would be talking to her, you get over it. And, you know, fast forward now to, you know, a girl who was in my harem, um, Margot, like, she got too attached and crazy and I cut it off and you know, I cut it off for two months. It was like, would not let her in as hard as she tried. And then she kind of let it go. And then she was, she was going on tour. And so I let her see me before she went on tour with knowing that there was a barrier to prevent um her from getting attached again. And I, and I like hooked up with her, but then she went on tour. So. And left her car and left. her Yeah. Like, <laughs> Amazing, left, left me her car too. So um, it's figuring out how to navigate those situations. But like at the end of the day, I don't believe I've met the girl that I'm supposed to end up with. And if that last relationship was the girl, I left it open that like we both needed more time in life, whether it be three years, 10 years, whatever it was to pursue experience, whatever, or we'd ultimately regret, you know, committing to ourselves so young. So, you know, and I can say that because I believe that, like, you know, even three years ago, I would have been graduated from this program and had the social skills and life experiences, but I'm still, you know, here 27 saying that I better be single for the next three years, or I better be in a position to experience everything that I want to, or I will regret it. Um, And you guys should be too. And Patrick, I get worried that just because you have an emotional connection and just because What you've learned in the group has solidified a sexual and emotional relationship with a girl that you think that that's the best you can do. And ultimately it's not, it's not at all. Yeah. You need to be open to her walking away, but you're going into it thinking, you know, how she's going to act. And I don't think you have enough information to do that. If you present this right, she could bitch walk away for a week and then come back like she did before. And if she doesn't, like just accept it that she's not the one and that you have like now that much more time and energy to be focused on girls in
2: sundresses this summer. And
1: let me ask you something else. When's the last time you had sex with a girl that
2: wasn't her? Uh, Several months ago.
1: Yep. Oh my God. Nope. There you go.
2: There you go.
1: That is
0: the real reason. You go out, you meet some other girls, I promise, if she's hotter,
1: you won't even care. You literally like even before you make a decision, if you just went and like hooked up with a chick tonight, I guarantee your thoughts on this would completely change. But you are owned by that by her. Like so hard right now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, I kind
3: of have a question and and comment. Um, so I think uh, with regards to like schedule, uh, you mentioned like doing a bunch of cool shit, and I totally agree with that. Like I think it's important to you know have a busy schedule, so both for yourself and so you know you, you don't you don't give the impression that you just got tons of time and and you're you know bored and desperate. Um, And that should actually be the case. Uh, so I, I've been doing like a few kind of hobbies that have interested me for a while. I'm just curious, like what some of the mods do, uh, that are like not work and not game related kind of like hobbies or activities they do throughout the, the, uh, the week to keep themselves uh, busy and interested and stimulated.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll go 1st and Max, you can chime in. Um, my week
0: consists of <laughs> all sports, and the sports that I like the most are <laughs> the sport of w- women, who my therapist told me I see as a sport, as bad <laughs> as you know, <laughs> I, I was in a, uh I was in an exclusive relationship about three years ago, and I, was, I wasn't sure if I was just like, you know, a sex addict or if i was making a big decision a bad decision to break up with my girlfriend at the time um and he asked me a whole bunch of questions He was asking me about like growing up as a golfer and a hockey player and a special poker player and all that stuff and he was like you know this whole dating thing for you you actually see it as a sport you're like a really good hitter in baseball and hey if you want to retire and never hit again and just relive those glory days of cranking home runs and batting 400, you know, in your it relive those in your mind, then yeah, sure, get married. But I have a feeling you're not ready to retire. <laughs> so <laughs> as bad as it sounds, I went home and broke up with her that day um, because it just wasn't a good spot for me. And it wasn't a good spot for her. Um, so I'm a sports nut. Like, I literally play hockey almost every single day. Um, I wake up early around, like, you know, eight or nine, if I haven't been drinking the night before, get a bunch of work done. Um, you know, I post in the group, I do stuff on my website, uh, respond to emails, all the basic, you know, stuff that you have to do every morning to catch up from the emails the night before. And then I usually play hockey, I kind of break up my day. Um, around noon, I play for like an hour, kind of like going to the gym, you know, it's my, my version of exercise. Plus, it's almost like meditation in a way for me. It's like a moving meditation. My mind relaxes. I forget about all the shit that's going on. I'm just like in the zone. Um, it really is a, like a meditative experience. Uh, and then I come back, I have lunch, do some more work. Um, and then I I usually will like, you know, either do, do something social almost every night, you know, either go out with friends, um, do a dinner, Um, I play in two different adult leagues as well. So like every Wednesday and every Sunday night, I have like a a league game. Um, and I network with those guys, hang out with them, do shit with them as well. Um, and then I also play golf. I play in different charity golf tournaments, a decent amount, get invited to different golf outings. Um, so, you know, basically, you know, and, and that's, that's if I'm like in LA or in New York, if I'm traveling around, obviously it's a different story. But i'm moving all the time i'm either in san diego la new york miami um vegas probably go to vegas like once every two months i'm always on the go always doing new shit uh meeting new cool people um and my life is kind of more revolving around sports i'm sure when you hear maxwell's it will be more revolving around music
1: yeah for sure um and that's just kind of the lifestyle i'm living right now it is more work-related than I would I would prefer in the big scheme of things, but I go to a lot of um, concerts. Um, a lot of them are smaller music showcases that I get invited to by managers or labels, or you know, to, to check out an act. Um, I also you know work kind of ridiculous hours. I'm I'm on my computer by seven most mornings, um, and I'm I'm done with with that t- side of the business by maybe three, but working on passion projects till seven and then going to a show. Um, I also have like a really tight group of friends here that are in the industry. So I live down the street from a big pop act who I hang out at their house a lot um, or go do activities with them. We play a lot of ping pong, um, but lately we've been playing basketball, probably fueled by the, the NBA playoffs. Um, and then on the weekends, I'm trying to go to the beach. Um, I have friends who live in Hermosa that I visit, you know, probably twice a month on the weekends to go to the beach there. Um, I am active, but I feel like I'm, I'm even more active in the summers in New England um, when I'm in Maine, and New Hampshire. But, like, typically I would say that I am more fueled on my social end by friends in my social circle uh, the group of guys that I hang out with—it's more like a fraternity um, in the music industry, where we're going to the same couple of venues each night and getting bottles there, or um, just fucking around at their house. I think that that pretty much covers it.
0: You know, most guys I know, like their—you know—my my work is very integrated with my social life. Max's yeah. work is very integrated with his social life. You know, obviously I'm. You know, I'm always out gathering market research, hitting on girls, um, being social, using those experiences to benefit my work. Um, ideally, you know, for, for people that really kind of have it made, people that I I see are the happiest, they found a way to turn, turn what they love to do into their work. It's not always the case, um, you know, but they at least enjoy what they're doing and if they can
1: integrate their work with their social life, it feels less and less like work. And I think Robbie and I both live lives that exemplify that. Doesn't mean that there's parts of our days that we don't necessarily look forward to, but overall, the general vibe is that we both look forward to each day because what we're doing um, is we're passionate about and that passion ties into our social lives. And
0: if for those of you guys who want like, you know, more of a roadmap, roadmap on how you can do that. Um, you know, listen to episode eight where Amir talks about starting a business, um, listen to the social hacking, social sharing. Mm -hmm. These are just ways that you can kind of get out of the rat race and, you know, avoid that, that drudgery of, Oh, I got to go for work and be a slave for like nine hours. And then, then I can have fun. I've certainly been there and, you know, it sucks. But there's obviously ways to to get out of
3: that. Cool. Uh, I guess one thing I, I struggle with from time to time is, like, it'll just be, like, a random uh, weekday night, like a Tuesday or Wednesday, and I have no plans. I'm like, fuck, I don't know what to do. It's going to be a Netflix night. Uh, I kind of want to, like, avoid that. Um, any any recommendations like I I find myself with like, you know, an, an empty night. It's like midweek. Yeah. I
0: mean, one thing, like, let's say I was transplanted into a different city. Like, okay, let's take my last trip to New York. I was there for, you know, almost two and a half weeks, um, for the, you know, first half of May, end of April, first half of May. Um, and basically I went out like every night for the first five nights I was there. Um, got a lot of phone numbers, um, made out with a bunch of chicks, didn't sleep with any. It was kind of in like a slump in terms of that. Um, but I met some cool dudes. Um, I also had some friends in town and those five nights of like going out kind of propelled me into social situations for the rest of my trip. Two of the girls I met, I ended up like hanging out with a decent amount for the rest of my trip. Um, stayed at their places a few times, um, was invited to social things with them. Max was in town. Amir was in town. Sasha was in town. So I would go out with them as well. Um, and I wasn't doing what I normally do in LA You know, I wasn't playing hockey. uh, I wasn't playing golf. So it was purely more of a social existence, which is what happens in a city like New York, you know, in LA where the weather's nice, it's easier to get out and, and do stuff hiking, sports, those sort of things. But New York is all about social things. Um, so your social life is really going to flourish. Um, but, you know, your, your health and fitness might not be as good, which is why everyone's a little bit kind of tasty and fat in New York. The girls all have the extra 15 pounds. Um, but, you know, like on a random – I had a, a couple nights there where I didn't really have much going on. And I reached out to – my friends, I reached out to some of the guys in the group. I reached out to Patrick, to Jason, and I was like, yo, let's hit employees only, um, to, uh, to Jay, who was in town. I'm like, let's go hit on girls. Like if I never, if I just don't have something to do that night, I'll go and hit on girls. I don't care if it's a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, the worst nights of the week to hit on girls. There's always somewhere to go. There's always cool shit to do. And hitting on girls will lead to either meeting cool guys or dating opportunities or cool chicks that you can become friends with that will lead to more opportunities. Um, And I've always had a huge, like drive for going out and hitting on girls. And I just make sure I go out with people that are going to make sure that, you know, that happens versus us just sitting around and shooting the shit, which won't get me anywhere. So, I mean, you know, Shabon, I'm pretty much, I'm almost certain that any night of the week you call Cameron up, Who's on this call, I'll be like, yo, let's go hit on some chicks. He's going to say yes. Yep. So, you know, and it's not even like, let's say you guys go out and there, there's no girls out, right? You're now strength, strengthening your friendship. Like, he'll invite you to some cool shit next time. You'll invite him to some cool shit next time. Like, you know, the more you see someone, the more they're on your radar. Not to say that you wouldn't invite him, but if you guys haven't hung out in a while, you might not see him. He not he might not be like top of mind, right? He might invite some other dudes out and go do that as well.
3: Yeah, no that 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 makes a lot of sense. So yeah, uh, go out, strengthen your social circle. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I mean, literally, I there
0: was there was one night in New York where I had nothing to do and I actually stayed in, and I worked mm-hmm. on. I worked on building up the, the members area for you guys, you know, until like 4am that that's, you know, I just worked. I didn't watch Netflix. I didn't do shit. Like the only time I'm really watching Netflix is if I'm with a chick. Like how often do you just sit and watch a movie? Like maybe just take a break, but
1: yeah, I do it. Like I literally talk so much throughout the day in both um, business and my passion projects that I put on a series on Netflix, not to, do anything but like get out of my own head, and so it's like to to take to take my attention away from other things that I've been thinking about. It, it allows my brain to rest. Um, I get worried when you guys say that you have a Netflix night um, because none of you are at a place where you should be sacrificing a night in where it should be out. You know, meeting people and, and networking, etc. <sighs>
3: Yeah, um, I I'll admit I'll call myself out for having more of those idle nights than I'd like to admit. Uh, I guess I'll I'll be more proactive about reaching out to um, members in the group and other uh, people in my circle about going out, not not being lazy. Yeah,
0: I mean, or hit at least hit like some online dating sites and try to put together a date that night. I mean, I've had lots of times in New York where, you know, I've or, or even L.A., where I had nothing to do. None of my friends were available. I didn't really feel like going out solo, so I just spent the night tindering, trying to set up a date that night. And maybe it didn't happen that night, but I certainly, like, filled my next week's worth of
3: <laughs> of activities with dates, right? I do do that. I do do that, so no, I don't feel so bad. It's good. It's just not as good as going out, you know? Right.
0: All right, guys. Well, I
2: will talk to you and try to do a call uh, Sunday.